Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Lord, we had a wonderful, that was a great message, wasn't it? And uh, that's so true, so true, so true. And that what happened with Jonah. He got too comfortable, and God had to take some things away. Uh, but, and that happens all the time. We get all, you know, toasty and cozy, and God has to come in there and poke us, prod us, and get us going. That's why God said to Paul, is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? Amen? And because I've got to get you out of that comfort zone, and I appreciated that, that message, and it was a blessing to my heart. And so, if you do fast listening, I'll do fast preaching. Amen? Now, the fast, you got to be fast, got to be diligent. And so... Uh, but I'm thankful for this meeting and Brother Larson's vision. He's got a vision yeah. to want to, you know, not just do the Lord's work and, and pastor. He's got a heart for other pastors. Yeah. And that's important. Thank God for a man like that Amen. who, you know, just doesn't, you know, us for no more. He wants to be a blessing, help. And uh, he can do it. He's got the mentality. He's got the energy. And uh, he's got the intelligence and all of that for the most part. Amen. And uh, I, I can sneak in a zinger once in a while with, with Brother Larson and, and uh, you know, kind of fool him a little bit about some things. <laughs> he, he used to be a little bit more gullible than he is now. Uh, he's, he's got a lot wiser. Amen. And so, but I'm thankful for him and his dear wife, known him forever, and uh, known him back when they were teenagers, back before they even knew each other. And uh, I knew Patty and uh, uh, Sven. But, and then the Lord brought them together. And now they have a wonderful family. And thank God for that. Amen? And what a blessing. But tonight I'm going to read some verses out of 1 Kings chapter 18. Now we want to have a fire for God and a flame. And I'm going to preach a message at, uh, to acquire the fire. And we ought to have a desire to acquire the fire. Amen? acquire that fire. God wants to have a fire and here is uh, the man of God Elijah and he's preaching, he's uh, doing the will of God and he calls down the fire of God and we'll see how the impact, how it impacted the people and a church that's on fire for God is going to impact the neighborhood, the community, going to impact the world for Christ. Oh, the early church had a fire for God and they want to be used of God. And boy, look at the influence, impact. I'm, I'm you know, sad today and, uh, you know, about this thing in our churches. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm afraid the fires died out. Yeah. And uh, we become content with just kind of an artificial fire. Amen? You see those uh, uh, fireplaces and then it's got the artificial fire in there. And, uh, and uh, it looks good. But that's the problem today. People want to look good. But it's not about fashion, it's about function. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to look good and everything like that, but we don't want that to take the place, amen, of the power of God. Yeah. And so here we find Elijah, and he's calling down the fire of God. And here in the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, and notice what the Bible says there, 1 Kings chapter number 18, and then notice what it says in verse number 30, Elijah said unto them, come, unto me, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That's why we need a revival. We need a fire. Things are broken down. 
broken down. And the people today, there's nothing worse than being broken down, going down the road, your car breaks down, something happening. And that's what's going on with the church. And uh, Elijah knew it. And it started with the altar. Oh, there was a day when people come to the altar and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Uh, but we're forsaking the altar. But Elijah went to the altar and it repaired it. And Elijah took the stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, whom the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with a stone, uh, stone he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, and great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and uh, cut the bullock in pieces, and laid them on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on a burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around about the altar, and it filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering, uh, uh, that uh, of the sacrifice. And uh, the Bible says, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God uh, of Abraham, and of Isaac uh, and Israel, let, uh, 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 let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. That's what ought to be our testimony. Amen. We ought to let it be known this day that I'm a Christian. Let it be known that I'm following God as we heard about in the message. Let it be known. Let people know uh, about your stand. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that if people may know that thou art God, and that thou hast what? Turned their heart back again. And what caused this great turning was the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, wood, stones, and dust, licked up the water that was in the trench. Now look at verse 39. Okay, now before this, when Elijah said, How long halt you between two opinions? The people answered him not a word. They didn't know what to say. There was pieces. There was no amens. Well, that's the church today. It becomes speechless. Who's with me? Where's the voice? Oh, there's a day, neighbor, when we would shout out and we were eager about giving our testimonies. Let people know about the goodness of God in our lives. We become silent. And so that's the way they were. They answered him not a word. Now the fire fell, and some things changed up. And the Bible says, verse 39, and when all the people saw it, there was a recognition of something. Amen. Right. You ever see, I mean, you just, you just recognize something that's, I mean, you can't explain it. It just has to be God. They recognize uh, the true message. They recognized the true will of God for his people, they saw it and fell on their faces. There was a reverence. And they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord. And there was a repentance and that revival. Amen. We began to honor God, acknowledge God. And we fall on our face in prayer and humiliation and submission to uh, the word of God. And we repent and turn from your wicked ways. Is that what the Bible says? Turn from your wicked ways. 
And the fire fell, neighbor. That's the fire of God. He wants us to have that fire. You know, the fire fell, and it was the fire that uh, influenced Moses. He saw the burning bush. He went over to investigate. He heard the word of God come out, God's voice. And uh, it was that fire that motivated Moses to go back and to face off. That's a hockey term. To face off with Pharaoh and look him square in the eye and say what? Let my people go. Let the people of God go, neighbor. And so he didn't want to do it. But it was a fire. I mean, 40 years he was hunkered down. He was in the backside of the desert. And he was afraid, fearful. He was running from God. And then the fire fell, neighbor. Oh, that's what we need in our life. We need a fire that will direct us. A fire that will guide us, lead us, give us the courage, boldness. And so the fire fell. You remember uh, when Solomon prayed? And he prayed and asked God, Oh, Lord. And the longest prayer recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Hear my prayer. Hearken unto my heart. Give heed unto my prayer. He wasn't so concerned about him answering the prayer as he was God hearing his prayer. And that's what we need to concern ourselves. Is God hearing a prayer? We all want answers. We all want answers. But hey, is God hearing your prayer? Who with me? Amen. Amen. God's, uh, God's saying it in his word. Hear my prayer. Hear my prayer. And then the Bible says in the next chapter, chapter 7, and that's the fundamental verse we use, verse 14. If my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray, turn the wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, heal their land, and I'll do it. But it wasn't until after the fire fell. And the Bible says, Jeremiah is not my word like a, like a fire, saith the Lord. And it was that fire at Pentecost. How yes. I many remember the fire at Pentecost? Yes. They're in the upper room. Fire, cloven tone, come down. The Holy Ghost empowered the people of God. It was the fire of God that fell. And that ignited in them a renewed a diligence, a renewed dedication, a renewed direction to go out, establish a church. And 3,000 people got saved. What about that? What if that would have happened today? Where's that fire in our churches today? People aren't fired up about God. They ain't fired up about uh, a revival. And uh, people aren't having, church aren't having revival. And so, you know, uh, when I first started out in revival, Monday to Sunday, I had one uh, a stretch one time. Uh, I went Monday to Sunday. And then I traveled. And I'm preaching on Monday to Sunday, Monday to 21 nights in a row in church. My wife almost divorced me. <laughs> that was the power of God. I'm just kidding about that. But, but you know, I felt bad for the, my, Kyle was just a little kid, you know. They had to be in church that night. So I let him stay, I let him stay back for a little bit. And the pastor got upset with me. Here they had to be in church, just like my people are in church. I said that 21 nights, be in church 21 nights. I'll let you be an evangelist for about 60 days. You let me pass your church today, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Who with me? Amen. Amen. 
But today, church, they don't want to have a Monday to Sunday. They don't want to have a, a, a Sunday to Friday. They don't want to have that. They got to shorten it up. Today, now, you know, I'm preaching one church, Revival Sunday. I preach seven times in one day. Amen. Revival Sunday. People were so wore out. But that's what they want to do. They want to have it condensed. Condensed. Huh? That's right. Instant. Instant condensed. Like, you know, you could take your, those instant condensed potatoes and just put them in the microwave. Poof, there they are. But they don't, they're not as good as the real stuff. Amen. Amen. That's right. But that's where we're at as a church today. We need a fire in your heart, neighbor. Where that fire. And we're to acquire that fire. I want you to notice here in this passage of Scripture, in order for us to acquire the fire, there must be number one order. Now, we heard about order, amen? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Brother Davis, he knows about giving out orders. He knows about following orders. That's a military thing and, and, and uh, order. But here, the Bible says that they put the wood in order. God likes things done decently and in order. Amen. Amen. He doesn't like things to be all messy. He doesn't like things to be all thrown all over and uh, uh, stuffed just in a junk pile. The fire fell. They had to renewed in their worship, renewed in their witness, renewed in the work of God. Why? They were willing to allow some things to be set up in order. We've got to have order in our life. The definition of being out of order is something that is broken or not functioning properly. And we live in a dysfunctional society that is not operating properly. And it's affected our church. Abortion, sodomy, rioting, evilness, call evil good and good evil. This woke uh, mentality, BLM, uh, Antifa, lawlessness. People today, neighbor, I'm telling you, are out of control. Amen. And it's, and it's crept into our churches. There's an order according to God when it comes to our homes, our families. Dad is the spiritual leader. Dad is the leader in the home. And he ought to lead the home spiritually. Every single man in this church ought to be surrendered to preach the gospel. Ought to be surrendered to preach. I'm not talking about God calling you to be the pastor, calling you to be an evangelist, or calling you to mischief. But you ought to have a willingness. You are the pastor of your home. Amen. Amen. You've got a shepherd. He leads and guides the sheep. But you are the spiritual leader. You are the spiritual temperature in that home. Every husband uh, should be, every man should be surrendered and get on this altar and say, Lord, I've surrendered. That way sometimes a pastor will come up and say, listen, I need you to preach for me or I need you to do this, teach for me. You ought to be what? That's the church of God. That's the church God wants. That's the order. And the ladies uh, are virtuous in their nature. Amen. Who shall find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. A virtuous wife is a crown unto her husband. And virtue means a woman who is uh, uh, 
her standard uh, and her character is above reproach. These women out there say, I'm a strong woman, I'm a strong, I'm a strong woman. And I go out and kick a soccer ball and, and all sorts of, that's not been, you've allowed the devil, I mean, to get in and to lie and to deceive you. The power that God has given you as a virtuous woman, how God can use that to raise up a generation of young people that will want to serve and honor God and do the will of God. Virtue in our ladies today is lacking. You ought to be used to teach the younger to come up and to be the virtuous lady that God can use in a powerful way that has that character, that has that ability uh, to bring about a spiritual awakening and the children that are there and uh, they honor their father and their mother. Amen? My mom and dad went to heaven. My mom in, in uh, 2019, my dad 2020. And uh, they're in heaven today. And, uh, you know, I, I, loved, I loved my mom and dad. My dad was my hero. Served the Lord all those years. And uh, just because they're gone doesn't mean that I stop honoring my father and my mother. I honor my mom and my dad until I draw my last breath. That's my job as a, as, a, as a son. Amen? Every young person, every child, you honor your father and mother. That's the order. But we don't have it today. The order's gone. There's no order. Set your house in order. Is what the Bible says. Hezekiah, we talked about Hezekiah, he was sick unto death. Uh, but he came and said, set your house in order. Got to repair that altar to mend it up, to set it right, to restore, to refresh, uh, to renew, to revive that individual. It's going to take some order, some prayer, some purpose in your heart. Let all things be done decently and in order. All oh, we live in a society today, and even our Christian homes are out of order. Our Christian homes are out of order. We need a revival. And so, to acquire the fire, there must be order. To acquire the fire, there must be obedience. Who's with me? Amen. These folks got the plan. They got the marching orders from the man of God. And what did he say? I want you to fill four barrels of water and pour it on a burnt sacrifice. Now, it hadn't rained for three and a half years. So, water was kind of a precious commodity at that time. You just didn't take water and throw it out on the ground. I mean, are you sure you want to do that? Well, you had to go all the way over to the river and get it and lug it back up, bring it up there. Well, the river may be dried out or something. And so they had to be diligent. I mean, this was a tough task. You mean, pastor, you want the fire to come down and to consume this wood. It's going to be a lot more difficult if there is water on that wood. It's not going to burn. And sometimes, you know, independent fundamental Baptist preachers, they are, you know, french fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> they do have one wheel stuck in the sand. You know, their elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. I know sometimes <laughs> pastors will ask you to do something and you just sit there and scratch your head. Right? What in the world? Why does he want to do that? What are you doing that for? Well, we got three preachers here this year. Amen? 
I got to be in church longer. What's up with all that? Oh, listen, they didn't question the man one hour. They obeyed. Who's with me? They obeyed. The man of God said, do it once, do it twice. And uh, he said, I want you to do it a third time. I want God to see our faith. Amen. And so they were obedient. They rallied around the plan with the spirit of unity. And who is our example of true biblical obedience? <clears throat> None other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself who made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What about that? Obey. That's all you're supposed to do. I told my children from day one when they went to school, I said three things you do. Number one, you obey the teacher. Obey the teacher, <clears throat> get your work done, and be kind to the other students. You do those three things, you'll be fine in school. But people, I mean, you see people today, they're going, these kids, these kids in school go up there and beat up the teacher. That's crazy stuff. And there's teachers telling the children, you don't have to obey your, your parents. What's up with that? Oh, listen, as we heard, trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Jesus is our example. Not that he was disobedient, but he obeyed the Father. Let this come past me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, you've got to get that in your heart and in your soul. You've got to be obedient. Some of you, put, some of you folks have been disobedient about some things. But you got to determine in your heart, if you're going to want the blessing of God, the fire of God, you got to obey. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's got so bad now, they just take and obey right out of the marriage vows. Who's with me? Who's with me? That's right. That offends, offends the ladies, and I have to say that. It offends them. Are you with me? Well, hey, man, we've got to obey one another. Be the Bible. Be practice. Do the will of God. It takes order. It takes obedience. And it takes an offering. Who's with me? Amen. And they say, offer it up. What is that? The sacrifice. The sacrifice. And we've got to be willing to be that sacrifice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, mercy of God, you present your bodies. A what? A living sacrifice. Yes. We've got to be willing. To be that sacrifice that God wants us to be. Now, Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned from uh, our own way. And the Lord hath laid, on, uh, 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 hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He left us that example. And the Bible says to be that sacrifice, as Paul said, I die daily. As Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who's with me? Say amen. amen. We've got to be willing to be the sacrifice. What you need to understand about the sacrifice, it's consecrated. It's consecrated. It's chosen. It's set apart for something special. 
You've not chosen me, I've chosen you, ordained you to go bring forth fruit. Your fruit shall remain, and whatsoever you ask in the Father, my name, he may give it you. Amen. Oh, listen, God has chosen you to be that special sacrifice. Amen. Aren't you happy about that? Oh, listen, we ought to be thankful that God would pick us and put us on his team. You ever play a game and, and they got two people, and a pick, a pick you, pick you, pick and the guy who's the most unathletic, I mean, he could chew bubblegum, walk at the same time. I mean, he gets picked last. That's kind of how I felt when God called me into the ministry, amen? <laughs> I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I knew I was wanted to serve God, but he called, uh, called me to preach. Hey, I don't care if I'm picked first. I don't care if I'm picked last. As long as I'm picked and I'm on God's team. Who with me? And God, God has chosen you. I mean, you think, well, I couldn't do it. I mean, yeah, God chose some people in the Bible. Noah, he was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a danger. J Joseph was a liar. Uh, 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 Jacob was a liar. Joseph wa was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaac preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciple fell asleep praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. But God used them all. Amen. So, you know, recognize you're special to God. He's picked you out special. Now, it was, it was, you know, consecrated, but the sacrifice was also cut. Who's with me? I mean, it's not always a pleasurable thing to be the sacrifice. It's not a pleasure cruise, amen? You're going to experience some pain, some suffering, some trials, some hardness. You're going to experience per persecution, affliction. And that's what Paul said. It came upon me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. Uh, uh, the persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Who's with me? Say amen. amen. Your pastor, man, he pastors, he wakes up late at night, he loses sleep over his church. I mean, he burdened about people, he prayed for people, and then the people that he would think that would love him the most will stab him in the back sometimes. But that's the nature. God bless these pastors. But the best you, I've known him for 40 years. We went to school together for a short time. He's been pastoring 30 years in Shawnee. But that's the nature of the sacrifice. You're going to get hurt. Amen. They're going to be paid, involved. I mean, listen, <laughs> it's hard sometimes. There's a family at Windsor Hills uh, that uh, was dear, dear to our heart, the Wesson family. And uh, the Wessons, you know, they, uh, 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 they were special, four of them there. And uh, Wendy, Jennifer, and uh, Josh Wesson, and, and uh, who's the other one? Jeff Wesson. And uh, they, went on they went on vacation one time, six weeks. And Brother Miss Wesson asked my wife and I to sit and be their, be their parents 
we were their parents. God called Josh Weston to be a missionary uh, over there in the in Dominican Republic. And Josh, his dear wife and children, serving the Lord. There he is out there serving God. What happened? Well, he tried to save somebody, got on a tow, took him out, and he drowned. What a tragedy. He was a good kid. He played on my basketball team. Play, played on my team. Yeah, I knew him when I was a little, just a little kid. And watched him serve the Lord, grow up. And boy, that was so tough. That's so hard. But that's the nature of being the sacrifice. Amen. Sometimes that happens. But God had a plan, God has a will, and things have come out better. But the sacrifice will cut, consecrated. The sacrifice will consume, devoured, absorbed, and gross. Addicted people today get consumed with all sorts of things. Consumer making money. Consumer the internet. Consumer their phones. Consumer alcohol, pornography. Consumer gas, uh, uh, gossip. Yeah. People are ate up with it. Yeah. Why can't we get consumed with the Lord? Yeah. Get addicted to the Bible. Get addicted to church. Yeah. Get addicted to the things of God. Let's get consumed with it. Good friend of mine, lawyer buddy. Carbondale, Illinois, and uh, he's been my friend for a long time, been a big supporter of our ministry. So a few years back, bought me a Suburban. I put 420,000 miles on that thing. And I had traded in for, now I have a, a Jeep, uh, uh, a little a Jeep out there. And that Jeep, I call it Jeep Jeep, Jeep Jeep. Jeep, you remember that Popeye where that little pet dog was named Jeep Jeep? They call it a Jeep, went around always going Jeep, 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 Jeep. And, <laughs> but it, <laughs> It gets good fuel mileage. Five years ago, he talked me in fantasy baseball, fantasy hockey, fantasy. And so half the times I wasn't even there to pick my team. The computer had to pick it. And every year I come in last. But I'm telling you what, there are people that are consumed with fantasy sports. And they'll be involved in that more than they would the Bibles. Now, I'm not against fantasy sports. That's a lot of fun. I like to look at it sometimes, but every time I look at it, I'm in last place because I don't put a whole lot of time in it like, I, like probably I should. But, I mean, people are ate up with those things. And our society is ate up with sin, consumed with sin. Just, I mean, consumed with it. Why? Because, you know, they think, you know, sin is cheap. They think sin is cheap. It's easy to sin. Yes, it doesn't cost a whole lot. Just go out there and just do some sinning. But the Bible says the way of the transgressor's heart. The wages of sin is death. But the devil has talked him into it. We've got to consume whatsoever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. Oh, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. You want to acquire the fire? You've got to be obedient. You've got to have order. Maybe there's some things in your life out of order. Your priorities have been messed up. Something's happened. Caused you to lose your joy. Maybe you need to just recognize the importance of being that. Uh, you got cut, you know, as, as, a, as a, uh, uh, an offering, a sacrifice. You've got offended by something. Oh, listen, we need the fire of God to fall. Right. We need the fire in our hearts, each and every one of us. Let's acquire the fire Amen. before we expire. Lord, thank you for your love. Take the message. Help us to understand it. And, and Lord, help us uh, uh, recognize it, burn it in our hearts. Lord, and, and to be that Christian you want us to be, to be the, to be the sacrifice. And thank, thank God, Lord, for these, 
men and women that have gone on any foreign fields, fought for our freedoms, dedicated themselves, Brother Davis, those others like him and these fine ladies that are out there sacrificing their lives. Let's be the offering, Lord, that you want us to be. Let's be obedient. Let's get some things in order, dear God. Heads about, eyes are closed. God spoke to your heart. How many of you say, I needed those messages? God spoke to my heart. Lift your hand up. Look at high. Come on, be honest with God. I needed that tonight. We get an altar call. You come. Don't tarry. Don't delay. You get on this old-fashioned altar. Let God have his willing way in your life. Maybe you just need to come. Maybe we don't need music. We just need an old-fashioned revival. We just old-fashioned people getting on this altar because they need to be on this altar. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.